This sermon is brought to you by Shofar East London. Together, living out the fullness of Christ. We hope you enjoy this message. So I had this word just drop into my heart this week. Um, it's from the book of Joshua. I think it's the second chapter where, where Joshua spoke to the Israelites before they went into the promised land to take the land. It was, and, and Joshua said, sanctify yourselves. Sanctify yourselves for tomorrow God will do wonders in your midst. And I believe that's what the Lord is doing right now. He's preparing us. I'm believing that this coming weekend at the conference, we're trusting for mind-boggling miracles. We're trusting for the King of Kings to show up and to change lives. We're trusting for a greater apostolic anointing to be poured out. So sanctify yourselves for tomorrow or next weekend or even today. The Lord will do wonders in your midst. And uh, I'm really seeing it. Basically, every, every time we gather, people are having an encounter with God, and it's rocking their lives. Just even between the service now, multiple people spoke to me about what happened last week uh, at, uh, when they responded on the altar call, how they encountered God in such a profound way. So the Lord is here. Is here to set you free, is here to set us free, but, the, the, but, but you need to own it. You need to say, I want to be free. I want to be free. I, I'm seeing this more and more that only those who want to be free truly get free. So you need to own that process. You need to say, I'm going to own this journey of finding freedom in Christ. So sanctify, sanctify yourself. So I often hear people say to me, after a message, they would tell me, it was as if you spoke just to me. Just to me. And I believe that reveals an anointing. There is an anointing, the power of the Holy Spirit, that comes alongside, that moves beyond the human vessel that speaks, where it is God who speaks. It is God who touches heart. It is God that personalizes the message. It is God that shines his light and say, hey, I'm speaking to you. It's not just the human vessel speaking. It is the almighty that is speaking. And I believe that is connected to Christ, the teacher, that, that, that anointing. So here's a picture of a shower, a guy in the shower. And I believe this is what God is doing right now. He's cleansing us. He's cleansing us so that there can be a move of the Holy Spirit. A mighty move of the Holy Spirit. So even in this message, I want you to listen with your heart. Allow the word of God to go below the surface. Allow the anointing to come and minister to your heart. If there's anything that he wants to address. Anything that God wants to bring into the light. Okay, so this is the... The, the, the washing that God is doing right now. And, I'm, and he's not just doing it here with us. He's doing it all through the body of Christ. God is cleansing his church right now. And there's nothing like being cleansed by God, being washed by the word, being washed by the Holy Spirit. Eh? Those heavenly rains just flooding in and setting us free. So here's a diagram I showed last week. 
and it reveals the process of how trauma or of how bondage develops in our lives. Demonic strongholds develop develops in our lives. So it starts off with, with some form of trauma, a disappointment, a, a, a hurt, a wound, an accident, a trauma. Okay, and that trauma breaks open the heart and exposes the soil of the heart, and then the enemy comes and he plants seeds in the soil of the heart, lies that he plants in the, in the heart, heart closes up, and then the seeds begin to develop. Those seeds, those lies, which is birthed in pain, in trauma, begins to grow. And as the lies grow, the father of lies, the enemy, gets more access, and then ungodly emotions begin to develop as the seeds grow. So we find ourselves struggling with unforgiveness or resentment or hatred or lust or whatever ungodly thing you can think of. Those things begin to develop and grow in our lives. And then that then leads to destructive behavior. So you start to speak things and do things and make vows with the enemy. Like, I will never forgive. Or I will never this. Or I hate that person. Or I will, um, um, whatever. So you start speaking. You start agreeing ungodly vows. And then it moves to destructive behavior where you start doing things that hurt yourself and ultimately the people around you. And then the cycle continues because destructive behavior is traumatic. And then the process continues. Okay, so it's very important to understand. And these are access points to the enemy in our lives. The enemy gets access to trauma, through lies, through ungodly emotions and destructive behavior. So over the last few months, we've been, you know, we've really been trusting God for freedom for, for people. And so um, one of the young ladies in church, uh, I asked permission to, to share this. So she's... We've prayed, we've had multiple sessions with her. Okay, so she suicidal, um, cutting herself, just crazy things happening. Sitting on the balcony and a demonic spirit manifests and says, jump, I'll catch you. That kind of thing. So some real challenges. And so we had a session with her and she received some freedom and then uh, about a month later, things started to struggle again. Then we prayed again with her and then it went better a bit. And then the nightmares came back and the trauma, the, tr- the torment came back. And then it really went bad about for the last two weeks, like feeling need to get you know, back on more pills and psychiatrist and, and whatever else. And obviously, you know, you need to take pills at times just to cope. But God wants to truly set free. So anyway, so Monday evening, we had the Freedom Squad training. Yeah, okay, it's about 100 plus people were here for getting equipped to pray for others for freedom. And uh, right through the night, I was like, man, we're training, we're teaching, that's wonderful, but I want to I wanna demonstrate it. This is like a fire in my bones. There needs to be more than just talking about the kingdom. We must demonstrate the kingdom. And so at the end of the evening, I felt... The Holy Spirit highlighted to me um, that some people are struggling with shame and a, a number of people came forward. And so um, I prayed with this young girl. She was standing here in the front. And uh, man, I'm so proud of her. 
so proud of her because she is like positioning, she's been positioning herself in a place to get freedom. So she's been coming, last week Sunday she responded on the altar call, we prayed with her. Um, and on Monday night she responded again, and at other times as well, she would just position herself in a place where she can have an encounter with God. So anyway, so we prayed for her, and the next moment, it wasn't her, it was a demonic spirit speaking through her. It was the first time this happened, the previous times, there was some form of manifestation, but it wasn't like a demon speaking. So this time, it was like saying, she belongs to me. And I was like, no, she does not belong to you. She belongs to Jesus. She belongs to Jesus. And so the Holy Spirit, it was just, it was just, it was just such a beautiful anointing. The presence and the power of God. And so we could lead her through a few things and renounce a few things. And, uh, and so she was delivered from about seven demons. Seven. It's like Mary Magdalene vibes eh? from the Bible. Seven. Jesus cast seven demons out of Mary Magdalene, which is just awesome. And um, so about six of them went out. And then the last one said, I'm the last one. And I'm like, that's really dumb. Why are you giving your strategy away? Why are you saying you're the last one? That's really stupid. <laughs> and so it also said that, don't make me go because I've been here for so long. I'm like, oh, shame, man. <laughs> we feel so sorry for you. We're just going to stop now and allow you to stay. No, you're going to go. So anyway, so the Holy Spirit showed me that when she was three or four years old, there was something that happened. And then it came out that she fell off a jungle gym when she was three or four years old. And then that spirit of fear came in when she fell. And so that's where the first one came in and then the others were added over time. And then on Monday night, she was truly, truly set free. She feels different. Her parents say she's different. Beautiful freedom in Christ. Amen. Come on, give Jesus praise for that. That's beautiful. We need to celebrate it because it's not shameful to be set free. It is beautiful to be set free. It is beautiful. And there's an anointing to set us free. But you and I need to do what she did. Like, I'm responding again. I'm responding again. I'm bringing things into the light again. There's no shame. I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to share my struggles. Jesus is going to set me free. And then he sets her free. Okay? So this is critical. The Lord wants to set you free. Okay? So, 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 so that was Monday night. And so there's an anointing to move the truth of God from your mind to your heart. And when it moves to your heart, that's when freedom follows. When you know the truth, you will be set free. You shall know the truth. And the truth shall set you free. But you, so you want to move the truth from your mind to your heart. When it settles here and you know it, you know that you're loved. You know that you're a child of God. You know that there's no shame in the kingdom. You know that Jesus died for all your stuff. You know that the blood of Jesus is more than sufficient to, to cleanse you of everything. And that God loves you no matter what. When you know that here in your heart, that's when chains are broken. And so there's an anointing to move it from your head to the heart. And so this anointing can be seen in John chapter 6, verse 45. It says there, it is written in the prophets and they shall 
all be taught by God. Now this speaks of Jesus in his earthly ministry, but the Lord continues with that through the anointing. You see, Jesus is continuing his ministry, whether it's healing or deliverance or, or teaching and equipping uh, concerning the kingdom of God. It says, they shall all be taught by God. Therefore, everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Comes to me. You see, Intimacy is the result. Intimacy is the result of hearing, of being taught by God, of allowing this anointing, the spirit of truth, to bring the truth of God into your heart, into your mind, and then into your heart. The result is intimacy. That's what you want. As the verse says there, he he who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Okay, so you want to you wanna come to God. Come on, say this with me. I'm coming to you, Lord. Coming to you. So there's a spirit of truth that breaks through the lies, that breaks through the obstacles, and brings the truth into your heart and mind, and then breaks off the chains. Okay, so this, the book, this, the, the, the Bible was written by the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit is the one that brings understanding of the Word of God. You cannot understand God's Word, truly understand it without the Holy Spirit. You can't. You need to partner. Christ the teacher. Even right now, as I'm speaking, I'm trusting for an anointing where you're going to experience Christ. The anointing, the anointing of God. Christ the teacher ministering to your heart. In the same way, you want to come to the Word of God and allow Jesus, the Anointed One, to break open the Scriptures to you, to bring understanding, to bring revelation, to bring transformation to you. Okay, but it must be by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit wrote the Word, and so the Holy Spirit can reveal the Word of God to us. And when His Word abides in us, then we can abide in Him. If his word abides in us, in other words, we hold on to his word and we obey his word, then we abide in him. We live the ascended life. Okay, so I touched on it last week. You need to receive the word. You need to get into the scriptures. Okay, it's like when I speak to people at times, they would say, you know, they really want to get into the word. They really want to get and read the word of God. And then, um, and then they hear the Holy Spirit say to them, do not read the Bible. And then I'm like, doesn't take a rocket science to realize that's not the Holy Spirit. That is something else. Okay, and so there's not only the Holy Spirit that reveals the Word of God, but there's a false Holy Spirit called the religious spirit that wants to block the Word of God from getting into our hearts. Okay, so we need to know for everything that God does, there's a fake, there's a false, there's a pseudo. There's a, for, for, for true prophecy, there's false prophecy. For, 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 for a true teacher's anointing that gives understanding and, and reveals the truth of God, there's a false teacher. There's another teacher. And that teacher, when you read the Word of God, will cause guilt, shame, condemnation. You're reading the Word and you're feeling worse than ever. That's another spirit. When you read the Word of God, it should bring joy, it should bring peace, it should bring freedom, it should be like, oh God, you love me so much. Thank you. That's the, that's the true teacher's anointing. 
And so the false, we need to expose the false and get out. So here's the five-fold ministry diagram that uh, we sort of established the, the, the ministry model. And you'll see the fourth one from the left. It says the teaching, the word flesh. Okay, so the teacher anointing is the spirit of truth. It brings understanding and freedom to our heart. And you need to partner with that anointing to get the truth into your heart. Many people know it in their heads, but they don't know in their hearts. If you ask someone, do you believe God loves you? Yes. Do you feel like he loves you? Uh, no. It hasn't moved from your head to your heart. Okay, It hasn't moved from your head to heart. It needs to move to your heart. And, the, and this, this enemy, the religious spirit, is the one that blocks. It's like a block to get, keep the truth out. Bring guilt, bring shame, bring condemnation, and it blocks the truth from coming through. So our greatest enemy, our greatest enemy when it comes to the anointing is the religious spirit. It is the greatest enemy of the anointing we see it in Jesus' life. I've been touching on it over the last few weeks. It came against Jesus to, to stop what he was doing. And so here's a picture of a duck to remind us. The religious spirit looks like a duck. Quacks like a duck, but it is a crocodile. Crocodile. It's a cute crocodile. <laughs> and it is the anti-anointing spirit. It is the anti-Christ spirit that wants to block. And it's very difficult to, to figure it out because it speaks all the religious language. It might even quote scripture to you as the devil did to Jesus on the mountain. He like even quotes scripture, but he distorts it. He abuses it. He brings, as I said, guilt and shame and condemnation and, uh, and brings trouble. Okay, so we want to we sanctify. We want to be sanctified so that the true anointing of God can manifest in our lives. So Jennifer Ivaz, in her book, Seeing the Supernatural, she shares about the religious spirit. And she shares this account she and her husband, um, they became the pastors of a, of a church that had been going for like a long time, but it was very religious. They believed in the power of the Holy Spirit, but it was very religious. Now the people were bound by spirits of dead religion. And she shares this one story that I want to share because I want to illustrate something of how the enemy uses good-meaning, sincere Christians, and we're not even aware of it. So she says, a long-standing church member. Uh, she's been in the church for like 50 years. She met the pastor just before the service. She always sat in the same seat. And she would come early, sit down, fold her arms, and frown. Frown the entire service. So stop frowning, okay? She habitually complained about the worship leaders. Two. Also about the new music and the music volume. And said, when the pastor greeted her, she said quite venomously, I am praying for the worship leaders to leave. In true Jesus style, the pastor rebuked her and said, that is not the spirit of Christ. Unfortunately, those who pray are powerful, even when they pray the wrong things. This is why Jesus instructs us to bless and not curse, because we have the power to do both. What ensued was a horrible sin with a resulting divorce 
and the loss of two families from the church, which included the worship leaders. While the people involved were ultimately responsible for the choices they made, looking back, we should have taken this woman's curse against our worship leader more seriously. That kind of prayer can empower demonic spirits to attack people and is fueled by the spirit of religion. So we don't often think about this, but you are powerful. Every one of us, the words we speak are powerful. The prayers we pray are powerful. And if we align our prayers and our words from a place of uh, offense or resentment, lacking joy, lacking peace, lacking faith, you're probably going to pray ungodly prayers. You're probably going to start speaking things that you're agreeing with the enemy. And then it empowers demonic spirits to cause havoc in the church. And so I'm like, whatever's outside the church, fine, not my issue. But I'm like, Lord, please cleanse our church. God, please, please cleanse us from any ungodly praise, ungodly words, anything that's not of you, Jesus, any form of gossip or slander or resentment or backbiting, any attitude that is not of Jesus. Lord, convict us. Convict us. Cleanse us so that the kingdom of God can truly come. Okay, so this is a warning. We need to be aware that you can actually partner with the enemy, and I'm sure none of us want to partner with the enemy. Amen. So we see this religious spirit manifesting in a variety of ways, but in general, the religious spirit will oppose the work of God. It will oppose the power of God. It will oppose miracles. It will oppose healing. It will oppose deliverance. It will oppose the preaching of the word. It will oppose the kingdom of God coming. And as I said previously, the religious spirit wants to control you. And if it can't control you, it wants to kill you. It always wants to wound you. It wants to make you bitter and angry and full of resentment and offended. Man, and it is a test. It is a test because the enemies want to get to your heart. And so we need to have hearts that are soft. We need to have hearts that forgive quickly. We need to have hearts that, that are surrendered to God. And so even if somebody has a religious spirit, we mustn't demonize the person. We must be aware of maybe there's something else working through the person. But we need to say, I, I love them. Uh, we forgive them. And we're trusting to win their hearts. So I saw a video online uh, like exposing somebody. You know, and I was reading the one, one, a preacher and uh, exposing them. And I was going through the comments and I'm just reading like everybody's like, wow, this pastor that's exposing this other preacher is just so wonderful and so humble and so truthful. And it's just it's just everybody's like beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. This is believers, hundreds, hundreds of comments. And I'm like, it's your Lamar. Are you crazy? So you are demonizing someone that's obeying Jesus. You are demonizing someone that is bringing deliverance to others, that's bringing freedom to people. They are actually obeying Scripture, which you guys are not doing. But you are demonizing them and accusing them and giving yourself a wonderful, oh, they're so, so godly, so godly. And I'm like, yo, I have to forgive you, all of you. <laughs> but that's how it works, and that's what makes it so difficult when it comes to this. Because a religious spirit will work through good-meaning Christians, and then you're like confused. But but they, they they and they quote the scripture, but they distort it. They don't do it in the right way. 
And so I want to help us. I want to make us aware of this. Where we are going as a church, the enemy isn't happy. Okay? So, there might be an exposing Andre video coming soon. So don't buckle under the pressure. Because I am just psyched. I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to obey Christ. Okay? And the religious spirit will accuse you. will say, oh, you self-promoting. Oh, you're so full of yourself. Oh, you're so proud. That, that's the voices that come. That's literally what people would say. They will accuse your, your motivation. They will accuse you. Religious spirit wants to control you, wants to break you down. Okay? So I, I want to call us to maturity in that. Again, we forgive, we love, we trust to win hearts, but we're going to obey Jesus. Amen? Don't be confused. Good meaning, sincere Christians quoting scripture can be used by the enemy. And we love them, and we will grow in character. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay, so don't fall for the little crocodile. It's just a little crocodile. Right, so how to destroy a religious stronghold? Quickly, I want to share three things, three ways that we can and should destroy a religious stronghold. So I want you to evaluate yourself. So number one, when you prioritize being a people pleaser, you're vulnerable to a religious stronghold. If your focus is, I wonder what people are thinking. So even like an altar call. So, oh, I don't know, I can't go to the front. What are people going to think? Who cares what people think? It all only matters what God thinks. It only matters what God thinks. We need to be, we need to own our freedom process so much. Like, I'm running to Jesus. I want to be wherever there's an anointing so that I can be set free. I'm going to be there. That's why I love about this young lady and her, and the freedom she got. It was like, she, she was there. Only, almost only teenager Monday night. And I'm like, hallelujah. Somebody wants to be free, they're going to get free. So don't fall for the schemes of the enemy. If you're a people pleaser, you're going to fake it. You're going to put up a mask. That's what the Pharisees did. They were obsessed with what people thought about them. If you're obsessed with what people think about you, you're not going to obey Jesus. You're going to, be, you're going to come under the control of a religious spirit. So Matthew 23, 5, it says, They do all their deeds to be seen by others. For they make their prayer thingies broad and their fringes long. They do all their deeds to be seen by others. It's always about what people think. Always about looking good. Always about putting best foot forward. Fake. It's a mask that you're putting on then and you're in trouble. Verse 2, that's not on the screen, but it says, They preach, but they do not practice. They preach, but they do not practice. They speak the word, but they don't live the word. Okay? So... The more you become a practitioner, in other words, the more you do actual ministry, you pray for the sick, you pray for people to be set free, you share the gospel with others, you know what? You're going to be less vulnerable to the religious spirit. But the more it's about knowledge and about talking and about theory, and you're not moved by the love of God to see people set free, the more vulnerable you become to a religious spirit. So you want to you let the mask down. You see, if you're more worried about what people think than what God thinks, it means you're deceived. Because God sees everything. He sees everything. Guess what? One day when you die, you're going to stand before God on judgment day. Not before people. 
You're going to stand before the judge on judgment day, and you're going to give an account for your life. And I tell you what, that day, I want to stand before God blameless. I want to stand before God and say, man, I, obviously I wasn't perfect, and I had challenges, and I had issues, but I walked in the light. I dealt with my stuff. There was nothing hidden in the, in the, in the, behind the scenes. Because that's the issue. The issue is about the hidden things. And you need to come to the light if you want to be free. You need to say it as it is. Okay? So this is the question. How's it going at home? Because you can fake it here in public, but you can't fake it at home. Not for long. How is it going at home? How are you treating your spouse? How are you treating your kids? What's happening when you're on the internet on your own? Where are you clicking? What's going on? Because God sees it all. What are the words you speak? Are you gossiping? Are you committing to slander, misrepresenting people, bringing suspicion in other people's hearts towards leadership or people in your environment? Are you backbiting? Are you complaining? Are you being negative and fault-finding and critical? What is happening? Because you can come to church and you can say, blessed, I'm blessed, brother. How's it going? Blessed. Blessed. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. That means nothing. God is seeing it all. He sees it all. And I'm trusting that the fear of God will come upon us. The issue is not about struggling with things. Everybody struggles with stuff. The issue is when it's hidden and we're not talking about it. We're not bringing it into the light. We're not saying, hey, I'm struggling with anger issues. Hey, I'm struggling with porn. Hey, I'm struggling with this. Man, I cheated on my taxes. Cease. Give unto Caesar what is Caesar's. You honor God when you honor government. We we need to look at our heart attitudes because ultimately that will either position us in a place where we are fakes, hypocrites, religious and used by the enemy, or where we position ourselves in, hey, we're not perfect, but I'm walking in the light, and God is changing us more and more into his image. Okay, so you don't want to, you want to not be focused so much on pleasing people. You want to be focused, please God. Come on, say it, I'm going to please God. Oh, I beg you, make that your passion. Isn't that what it's about? It's about knowing him. That is, I mean, for for 20 years of ministry, my mission has always been, God, I want to position myself in a place where you can trust me. I'm going to walk in the light. I'm going to confess my stuff. I'm going to, if I have a bad attitude, I'm going to deal with it. If I have a resentment, I'm going to deal with it. I'm going to walk in the light. Why? Because I want to know him. And I want him to be able to trust me. So come on, let's get the enemy out. Let's get the masks off. Let's walk in the light. Number two. Purpose to love others more than the flesh or more than self. Purpose to love others. So first of all, we please God. First of all, we want to love God. We want to know Him. And then second, we want to love others. It must move us. It must move us beyond our our pain and our feeling sorry for ourselves. And our self-pity. We all have pain. We all have disappointments. We all have stuff that we're going through. We all have challenges. But love must move us. Why? Because you carry Jesus in you, guys. You have so much to give. 
Your one prayer for somebody can change their life forever. How dare you not do it? How dare you hold back? Like, I can't. I'm not good enough. You don't need to be perfect. You just need to walk in the light. And then they'd love move you. Because what happens is we struggle with our stuff. This is about the, the healing process. There's trauma and there's, there's lies and there's ungodly emotions. And we're struggling with stuff. And then so many people are like, then I disconnect from church. I disconnect. I disconnect. That is not the will of God. If you love people, let it move you. Because that's what's moving us. I'm like, I don't care what people think. I know it's uncomfortable. I know our worship was really long today. But praise God. God, we want a city changed, not make people comfortable. Amen? So move out of your comfort zone. And what will move you out of comfort zone? Loving people. So let love move you, not, not, not allowing your love of self to keep you in a comfort zone. The best way to deal with your pain, your disappointments and struggles, is to get others focused. To have compassion on others and then let that push you through the pain into the arms of God. I had a word at the end of the previous service and I just felt the Lord say to somebody. I want to share this here because I feel for somebody here as well. The pain that you've been through, it's not too much for you to handle. It's like, cause some, I know some of you feel, I can't go there. I can't deal with it. I tell you, you can because Jesus is with you. Jesus is with you. He's with you in the pain and he's going to bring you through. But don't run away. You have to push through the pain by obeying Jesus and into freedom. Amen? Come on, say it. I'm going to push through the pain. Push through the pain. Push through the offense. Push through the broken relationships. Push through the fear. Push through it. Because on the other side, there's healing and freedom. Amen? Come on, you can do it. And then the manifestation of the 2 Timothy 3, verse 2 to 5. This is a picture. You would think it's like all the terrible sinners out there in the world. It's a description of the church. Listen to this. The church. For people will love only themselves. And I was not love others. And their money. They will be boastful and proud. Scoffing at God, disobedient to the appearance, and ungrateful, unaware of how much we've been given. They will consider nothing sacred. And that's like your backbiting and gossip and those kind of things. Verse 3, they will be unloving and unforgiving. Unloving. Eh? Dead religion, there's no love there. Unloving, unforgiving. Holding grudges, resentment, not dealing with that. They will slander others, speaking badly about others, and have no self-control. They will be cruel, merciless, dead religion, no mercy, and hate what is good. It's like, you know, you pray for somebody that has been struggling with this for like 20 years, and Jesus heals them. And there is someone would say, that is of the devil. That is of the devil, because God doesn't do miracles anymore. Definitely not through your prayers. Who do you think you are kind of thing? Cruel and hate what is good. Hate the ministry of Christ that is continuing. That's why we're doing the Kingdom Unleashed Conference. There can be no confusion in our hearts and minds about what is the ministry of Christ and is it still continuing or not. It is. It is. 
Cruel and hate what is good. Then it says they will betray their friends. Be reckless. Be puffed up. Love pleasure rather than God. And then verse 5. This is where it's the church. It says they will act religious. But they will reject the power that could make them godly. They will act religious. They will even speak from the scriptures. But the fruit of the spirit is missing. Kindness is missing. Love is missing. Obedience to Jesus is missing. A mask is on. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. As long as we hide behind masks and we don't want to deal with our stuff, we reject the power of God. So I want to call you into the light. And it says, stay away from people like that because they are going to cause pain. Then verse 6, for of this sort are those who creep into households and make captives of gullible women loaded down with sins, led away by various lusts. The religious spirit will always lead to some form of sin. And then verse 7, the big one. Always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Always learning but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. That was knowledge, 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 knowledge. Oh, pastor, I've, I've heard this message. That's kind of made like pretty 20 times. But how about doing it? How about implementing it? How about following Christ? Let his word abide in you and then you will abide in him. And then number three. Embrace deep repentance of sin instead of justifying your sin. You see how it normally works is we look at ourselves and say it's not so bad. Somebody else's sin. Ooh, that's terrible. Terrible, terrible, terrible. But when it comes to ourselves, we sort of justify. It isn't so bad. I want to say to you, our sins, it's worse than what you think. Why? Because our God is holier than you can imagine. Holier than we can imagine. The smallest bad attitude is a major problem. Like what? Like lying. Lying. You take on the nature of the father of lies whenever you stretch the truth. You lie. Stop it. Or like envy. Being jealous, is that a problem? Yes. The Pharisees killed Jesus because of envy, because of jealousy. They opposed the work of God because of envy on the heart. So deal with it. Gossip, it divides a church community. It destroys lives. Pride, the worship of self. God resists the proud. But he gives grace to the humble when we come into the light. So I'm, I'm like, I'm just throwing rocks everywhere. I'm hoping I'm hitting something. Hitting somebody. Some conviction. Not condemnation. Not shame. Not guilt. But conviction to say, oh, I need to deal with that. I need to bring that into the light. I need to do the religious spirit keeps us from true repentance, keeps us from true conviction. And these fleshly attitudes give the enemy access and then he works through us. So let's trust God for freedom. Last verse ending off with this, John 14, 23. Jesus answered and said to him, if anyone loves me. You will keep my word. You'll be in the word. Keeps my word and does my word. And my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. Isn't that a beautiful, beautiful promise? We will come and make our home. We'll come and make our home. We'll come and make our home with him. Keep his word. If there's something that you're convicted of, bring it into the light. If there's compromise of any form, tell somebody. And get the enemy out. 
the more we allow things in our lives, the more, the more the enemy gets access. Amen? So I need to confess my sin. So last night I couldn't sleep, so I went to pray, and at some point I watched the rugby. So I confess. I confess. I watched the rugby. Beautiful try there, right at the end. I lost, watched the last 30 minutes or so. It was, it was some of the best prayer I've had in a long time. Amen. Thank you for listening. Find more on Shofar East London's podcast channel. Let's do life together.